What is your background in football? How did you get into this type of work, data collection with Pro Football Focus? Sure. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so I, I play football in Canada. I'm from Canada. I uh, grew up in Kingston, went to school in Ottawa, played football in Kingston uh, for a bit. Didn't really do much after in the university, but stuck with the game. It's my favorite sport. Uh, found this website that started, this PFF website. We started, I don't know, 2008 maybe. I found them in 2013 as a fan. I was doing a stats degree at Carleton, uh, just on a whim, applied to be part-time, got in, got full-time, been there since 2014. So that's kind of how I got into this. Now, uh, obviously, this is the first year partnered with the CFL. What did kind of your role entail until this partnership came about? Uh, so we were just um, doing data for the NFL for college football in the States. Uh, we've been pushing for the CFL for a couple of years and finally got that into fruition this year. Uh, but it has been a few years of a progress of trying to get the CFL because we've wanted to do the Canada League. And I've been pushing for it personally as well. So I'm happy that we finally get to do it. Now, uh, there's so much to get into. Uh, I think that the way that the grades are calculated is fascinating to me. Can you tell us a little bit more about how your group will go through a game, grade every single player, and in the end, you pump out a number grade? And can you just tell us how you get there? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so basically, for every game, we have multiple people working on different processes of the game. So some of us are just recording sort of the basic stats, like the passing yards, where it was thrown to, who was throwing it. Some are recording every player who was on the field. And then we have our grading team, which I do a lot of that. And we basically have gone through rigorous training and a big guide that's been designed by coaches, former players, things like that, to determine how to grade every player and different ways to grade them. So, for example, if I'm grading a game live, um, I will look at every play. I'll watch every play multiple times. I'll look at all the players. I'll record grades based on what I've learned from our training, from our grading system, and then I'll put that in. And then after the game's done, we have a review team that will go in and look at all the grades that I've given and review them, make sure that they're correct, make sure that they're up to our standards. And if we have any sort of questions, we have some coaches on staff or some ex-players that we'll talk to and sort of get their sense on that. And then we kind of come to a consensus on each grade. And then we pump that out into a system that we've designed. It's got a bit of a normalization for it that puts out a number grade. Now, I, I've found a whole bunch of information on your website, and if people are interested, I recommend they go check out uh, the Pro Football Focus website for a ton more information. But one of the things that intrigued me is that every play can only swing a player really four points, two points to a negative or two points by a positive. How important is that in kind of the overall process of what you do? It's, it's important, right? I, don't, I think the, the key for us with that system is that we didn't want to get these grades too crazy different, right? Like if you've got one player who's way better, we don't want him to suddenly break our system by being getting like a plus five or something. Mm. So I think having it like that, and generally on that plus two minus two system, we have uh, the 0.5s are really sort of the bread and butter. That's where we, most of our grades are going to be in the 0.5 range. Uh, if you get a plus one or a minus one, that's a really good play. And then those like twos and minus twos are, are very significant. We probably give out one every couple of weeks, if that just because that requires something very, very special or very, very poor. Do you change kind of the grading process or anything like that year to year? Like how much has this changed since you've been a part of the organization back in the early 20 teens? Uh, it's, it's changed a little bit. I wouldn't say too much. We've had our system and then sort of every year we adjust sort of based on what we've heard from coaches and other players. 
um, and we can sort of change our grading based on what guys are asked to do now versus what they were asked to do back then. Obviously, the leagues are changing a little bit into a more spread passing offense, right? Less running. So, uh, and then we go to the CFL and it's all passing pretty much. So it's 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 different. It's changing, but it's never too big of a change. It's sort of little things here and there that we change mostly. How much, what was the prep like to start for this first CFL season? Like, how did you guys get ready? Uh, so how we got ready is we basically just did the entire last season. Uh, so we, we first off, like, let's, so I'll, I think around January, uh, I knew we were going to do it. So me and a couple others sort of went in and sort of thought of all the biggest differences in the CFL and got like a document made that sort of detailed that. And then we talked to some other graders and coaches and figured out how to adjust our system for that. And then we just went and did the entire 2022 season and graded that out hmm. um, as a test run and then looked at that, found out what worked, what did it, fixed that, and sort of got ourselves ready for this season to start. Now, what are some of the things that a player might do that don't show up in a box score that will lead to a really high grade? An example here in Calgary would have been week two. Julian Hauser had uh, a, a tackle for loss and a normal tackle, and he graded out as one of the top players in the entire CFL that week. So can you explain how something like that comes about? Sure, and I'll use sort of that example specifically because I remember putting him on the team of the week. Um, so obviously, with, with especially with defensive linemen and linebackers and stuff like that, they get recorded their tackles, their sacks. That's kind of it, right? Whereas what we'll do is we record pressure. So a lot of times guys will affect the quarterback, they'll hit the quarterback, or even just get in his face and affect the throw, and that won't show up in the box score, but we'll record it. Uh, so for House, an example, he had a lot of pressures that game. He hit the quarterback a couple times pressured him a bunch of times, beat his block a lot. Doesn't show up in the stats because he didn't record a sack, but he had a lot of pressure. He affected the game a lot. So he'll get a high grade because he had a lot of plays where he did his job better than he sh- than the average person did. So that's where he gets a high grade from. Like when I think of position groups that this grading system is big for, I think of the offensive line, the defensive line, the linebackers, and the secondary. Is that does that fair to you? Yeah, I think I think all of them have have their benefits, obviously, like, for example, quarterbacks, right? We can record that a screen pass that went for 70 yards, the quarterback won't get a high grade because he just threw a screen pass. Mm. Um, so that's kind of how we like to think of that. But then, obviously, yes, the O-line, who really don't have any stats besides just games played and, and such like that, for them, it's it's a big thing. And then, yeah, for defense, getting more than just the tackles and the sacks in there, kind of how they played, how they fit in the run game, how they've defended the pass, stuff like that. That doesn't show up in the box score because we don't have – that stuff, but we can sort of get that out there. Bryson Vestnaver is joining us from Pro Football Focus, data collection lead for PFF. What have been some of the nuances to the CFL against the NFL that you kind of had to account for and maybe change a little bit? Sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is the three downs versus the four downs. Um, in the NFL, we generally value third down plays a lot higher because if they lead to a first down, that's a big play. Uh, whereas, so we've had to adjust that to make second down more important. And then even first down, because if you get like two yards on first out of the CFL, it's a lot less valuable than getting two yards in the NFL because you've got two more downs to work with. So I think for us, it's been adjusting sort of gains on first down and then second down plays because they only have those two downs to get the first down. That's been a big adjustment, but I think we've sort of figured out how to do that. What about the 12th player on the field? Did that change anything? For sure. Uh, I think that was just for us, especially on defense, is looking at coverages and seeing what coverages teams are running with the 12th player because 
obviously it looks different than when the NFL runs their 11 man coverages. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been a big thing. But again, we've, we've sort of figured out, we had some coaches talk to us and sort of explain how the 12th man works and how the coverages work with that. And I think we've got a pretty good job of, of adjusting for that. Is that kind of an adjustment that has happened early on? Because like I think about Dave Dickinson and for years he has always been like, the Sam position is a defensive back. It is not a linebacker and it needs to be treated as so. Was that like one of the changes you're kind of talking about? Yep, yep. And for me, I think um, as like the Canadian, I'm one of the few Canadians on the on the team. I was talking about how a lot of those, like the linebackers, yeah, in the passing game, they're asked to drop back and cover passes a lot more than they are in the NFL. So you really only have like the one, the Mike, who's the run defending linebacker. And like you said, the Sam is very much a coverage linebacker. So it's been stuff like that where it's been telling, get my team on, on board with, Hey guys, like we have to grade these guys differently because they have different roles in the CFL versus the NFL or even the college football. Uh, I also wanted to ask about how the Sam position or part of me, how do you look at special teams in Canada versus the U S because I've always said that it's almost like its own phase. It's almost just important as offense and defense in the Canadian game, not so much in the American game, especially as you know, the, the moves are made to make special teams safer and safer in the NFL. But how does pro football focus look at special teams in Canada versus the United States? For sure. Uh, so we have actually, we have our own special, um, separate division for special teams. Like we've got a team there that does on their own uh, grading it, which is good. A lot of ex special teams guys in there help develop that system. And yeah, I think it's like you said, it's a little more important just because of the two downs, the punting, the field position becomes a lot better. And then the fact that there's always returns, there's no fair catches that makes it more, more first off more exciting to watch, but also uh, more valuable to grade the returners and the blocking schemes and that. Um, so, yeah, I think we, we've done a good job with that of just sort of adjusting, making sure that we know that, hey, this is a little more important with the amount of returns that we get and the amount of um, special teams play there is in the CFL. Where can uh, fans of the league go to find out more, find out more grades? Because as much as uh, I saw here that Renee Paradis and Charlie Moore were named to the Week 3 honor roll, Mike Rose and Cam Judge also graded out at the top of their position. So sometimes the honor roll doesn't show all the top players in the league that week. Yeah, uh, so if you go to uh, pff.com, that's our website, we will have weekly CFL content. I do a team of the week every Monday, uh, weekly previews on Thursdays for the next that week's games. And then we also do other articles throughout the week, like our O-line rankings, and we'll sort of be periodically posting position rankings throughout the season so people can keep up with that and see who the the top guys at each position are for the whole season throughout the year. Uh, that's sort of the big thing. And you can follow me on Twitter at PFF underscore Bryson. I'll be tweeting out a lot of CFL content and grades all year. Anything else that I might have missed to asking you about that you think it's important for CFL fans to know with the uh, kind of introduction to pro football focus here? Uh, no, I think my big thing sort of is that this is our first year. So we're, we're easing into it. We're trying to get it going. And I think the, it'll only get better from here as we get more experience with the league. As we get more fans enjoying the content, we'll, we'll pump out more content for everybody uh, and we'll get this a little better. So I think it's just an exciting time for us that we're starting the CFL and I think only way to go from here is up. Awesome stuff today, Bryson. Really appreciate the time. Uh, keep up the good work, man. We'll keep our eyes peeled. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.